teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Everly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. Hebrews chapter 12, let's look at verse 1. Seeing we also, connecting what he just said, wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, talking about the heroes of faith from the 11th chapter, all those people that did what God spoke to them to do. Are you doing what God told you to do? Come on now, let me straighten the eyes with a clear conscience and say yes or no, whichever you got to do. We're all here to do something for God. These people did what they were supposed to do for God. Well, you know, I don't have anything in my heart other than just really, just, just, really just, be real, <clears throat> just be real wealthy and help the gospel. Well, then that's your purpose. Get with it. We've been waiting on you. Get with it. <laughs> Amen. Um, I feel a little mean on the unbelief tonight, so you have to bear with me. It's not against anybody, but... Uh, so he said, let us lay aside the weights and the sins that so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Patience, of course, doesn't mean sit down and wait because you can't run and sit down and wait. And what race is he talking about? He's talking about the course of our lives. There's a path laid out. God has a plan for your life. Everybody say, God has a plan for my life. Somebody might say, my parents said I was an accident. Well, to God, you're not. You see, your parents might have been, you might have been a surprise to them, but without God putting a spirit in that sperm and egg that came together, you would not have been born. So God knew exactly what was going to happen, and he put a spirit in there, and, and you, became a, uh, you became a person. <laughs> Amen. And you weren't created without a plan. You weren't a surprise to God. He knew exactly what you were going to do. Doesn't matter if you were uh, born out of wedlock or born in sin, as people say, all that stuff. It doesn't matter. Jesus' blood is, covers that kind of stuff, too. Besides that, it wasn't you that did that. Hello? I mean, you weren't there saying yes or no to what your parents decided to do, whether they're married or not. You know, people have these things that they have to deal with. Um, but just, just know you're redeemed. You're forgiven. There's nothing wrong with you because the blood has made you right. Amen. So looking, he said here, um, we're compassed about with this, this group of people watching us. He said, let's run. Let's run. Lay aside every weight and the sins that so easily beset us and run. Not, not just tippy-toe through the tulips trying to get a little bit done for God. Get, I mean run. That's what he's talking about. With patience. That doesn't mean sit down and wait. It means uh, perseverance. You look it up. The race that's set before us. There's something God has for you to do. You know, sometimes people say, well, <clears throat> I hear people kind of imply this sometimes. Well, I'm just a, a, a stay-at-home mom. And they use that word just, you know. Well, you might be raising a world changer. You know, don't think that there's nothing to a stay-at-home mom. If, besides, that's not a... What's the, that's not a low thing on the totem pole anyway. No. I mean, raising children is a job. Anybody want to testify to that? Yeah. I know your children are sitting beside you, but poke them and say, yeah, it's been a real job. <laughs> Amen. I mean, raising them right is a job. Uh, you can just, just be a, you know, a, a babysitter in the house and not raise them right. That don't take anything. But he said, uh, we all have something to do. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Well, this race then, without taking a whole lot of time, you can see, he said, we're to run looking unto Jesus, the one who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Now, he's talking about this race when he says the author and the finisher of our faith. In other words, the faith, the race that we're running is a race of faith. It's something we're doing that, that God has put in our heart that we're acting on in faith. Yes, amen, yes. You know, I mean, you have to take steps that you just know in your heart God wants you to take that uh, might not make any sense to your mind. That's faith. Amen. And he said there that uh, one of the things we're supposed to do, and this is what I want to really share with you about, to share with you tonight, is that we're to lay aside the weights and run this race. And the sins. Notice he said weights and sins. Um, you know, the, uh, there's two terms there. Weights means uh, something different than sins then. Isn't that right? So there can be things that are not necessarily sin, but it's slowing you down from taking steps of obedience. You know, or maybe making you sluggish spiritually. It's a weight on your spirit. You know what I mean by that? It's a weight on your spirit. Amen. Uh, there's a lot of those kinds of things that, that a person can get into their life or let into their life that can slow them down spiritually. Well, we're supposed to lay those things aside. Of course, we all know what, that, that there's such a thing as sin. We can talk about that tonight, but I want to talk about the weights. Um, and really, to be honest with you, um, the, uh, the, the race that we're to run... It means not just laying aside weights. There's some things that are, uh, I mean, not just sins, but there's some things that are weights and they're not necessarily wrong, but they're wrong in the wrong priority. In other words, if they're put in wrong priority, they become something that is a weight to us. Um, And not necessarily sin. Might be some sort of hobby or something like that, you know, something that's, that's fine as far as, you know, whether it's a sin or not, not, not anything, anything wrong with it. But yet, right on the other hand, it doesn't necessarily do anything to, to move you forward and get you down the road spiritually. Amen. And one of the things I want to share tonight is just simply making, learning to make proper priorities in faith. Um, the Lord has talked to me about this over the last few years, and I've shared a little bit about it, but it just came up in my heart this morning. Boy, when I woke up, it just came up strong in my heart, and I was meditating on it. Just, I, 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 you know, I learned a lot this morning, and God was talking to me, but it just didn't go away when I was getting ready for tonight. So I believe I'm going to share it with you as well as I'm, I got some good things out of it. Amen. Amen. So um, what we need to recognize then is that um, there are things that are not necessarily wrong, but they slow us down. How many of you know if a runner's running a race, like I used to run track, some of you might, might, some of you might have done that, or, um, you know, run, uh, whatever, competitions, uh, then you, you need to lay aside the baggy clothes. You know, I wouldn't want to run a relay wearing this, run, run a race wearing this. That'd just slow me down, right? I'd want to get stripped down to some shorts and some lightweight shoes and you know what I'm talking about? And just, just get rid of anything that would keep me from winning. Amen. And that's what he's talking about. He's talking about um, laying aside things that will slow you down. Keep you from being on time. When it comes time for you to be at a certain spot, 
where you're actually there or you're, you're, you're just crossing that line when it's time. Because how many of you realize, I know I'm, I've turned 40, what have I turned here? 40 something, 43, 45? No, I didn't turn 45. I'm 44, I think I'm 44. Yeah, I think I'm 44. I don't think in those terms a whole lot, so I got to ask myself, three plus one, yeah, this is 11, four. <laughs> I'm born in 67. So, um, so I, 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 the, when, I, when I started turning 40 kind of and started getting over into the 40s, I started realizing, hey, I'm not going to be down here forever. Yeah. You know, as a teenager, you thought you're going to live forever. Yeah. And I am up there, but I'm talking about down here. Anybody had that dawn on you yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's, there's uh, yeah, you know, I got I to gotta be across the finish line when it comes time, you know. So no, no dilly-dallying. Yeah, you think you have a lot of time until you, uh, you know, you wake up one day and you turn 40, you know, and you're thinking, wow, you know, I'm getting close, not exactly, but close to halfway through here. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, you know, I'm going to have to stand before the Lord and he's going to say, did you do what I told you to do? Did you finish? Did you obey me, et cetera, et cetera? And I don't want to say, well, I, just, I had a lot of hobbies and I couldn't get to it. You know what I mean? I don't want to say I did it. And I, had, I enjoyed my life, too, because you allowed me to have these things, but they didn't get in the way of me doing what you told me to do. Amen. And uh, some things that we, we uh, enjoy, we have to not put them first in, in priority because we'll use up all our faith on all these natural things if we're not careful. Which, which the Bible said he gives us richly all things to enjoy, but there's something more important than all of that. We're not just down here. Newsflash here. We're not just down here to just enjoy our life down here. Now, I enjoy life more than a lot of folks I know. I look straight up to the ceiling and say, even some spirit of faith family church people, I, I enjoy life better than them. You know what I mean? But that's not what I'm down here for. There's a purpose for me being down here. And he gives us richly things to enjoy and so forth and so on. But that can't be the priority. Notice he said um, there's things that can weigh us down. And he's talking about this, run, this race of faith. So you could say there's things that can weigh upon our faith. Or let's put it this way, gobble up too much of our faith. To where, uh, somebody said, what do you mean gobble up too much of it? I mean, you're using your faith for all the things you want in life rather than what God wants out of you in life. I'm not saying you can't have the things you want in life. They just can't get in the way of the things God wants you to have, or let's put it this way, wants you to do and fulfill in life. Do you understand what I'm talking about? They have to be second after the purposes of God. That's just simply saying what Matthew 6, says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Amen? Now, I just couldn't get unction on the, uh, on the series we're on, so we're going to stay on this tonight. Amen. We've been doing a series on the, the church triumphant over devils, demons, and evil forces. And, and that's been going more toward a pastoral flow. And I thought it was going to go toward another flow. And it didn't go there. So we'll see. Maybe we'll pick it up. Maybe we won't. I got it out to the, to the mentoring class. I got the part out that really I had in my heart to get out. So, uh, you know, bug one of them if you want to hear about it. <laughs> Amen. Um, but uh, so we, we, we have to... Uh, not let other things gobble up the faith. You know, your faith is not a bottomless pit. You don't, you don't have just an unlimited measure. 
Bible says God's dealt to all of us the measure of faith. Isn't that right? Well, with that being the case, then we have to know what that measure is. Bible said, I remember Romans 12, 3, he said to be sober about the, uh, some of these things. He said not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, but think soberly according as God has dealt to us the measure of faith. In other words, we're supposed to be sober about the measure of faith we have. That just simply means know where you are in faith. Amen. Know your measure and don't try to go beyond that. It's not a uh, crime to only have a certain measure because that's where every, all of us are there. And to go beyond that measure is going to damage it. You know? And so uh, what we've got to do then is be sober about the measure and not go beyond it. That means we have to put the right things first and make sure those things are secured. In other words, our obedience to those things is secured and our ability to fulfill that is secured. Then other things can come. Yeah, that's what it means. Seek first the kingdom of God, and then he'll add all these other things to you. Amen. Somebody said, well, if I put God first, I'll never get what I really want down out of this life. Well, see, you don't believe the Bible then. That's a trap of the enemy. <laughs> he wants you to think that so you'll never do what he's told you to do. And so you'll never actually then ever really succeed in life. I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about a man. I, I, I refer to him because I learned so much from him. If I had learned from somebody else, I'd mention their name, you know. I'm not, not against anybody else by referring to Brother Hagin. But I'm just saying I learned so much from him. He's, he's the one God brought me to sit under, and, and so we, we, we sat there and we learned. But um, anyway, he made some statements that was interesting. You know, I was thinking about this when I was, whenever God was talking to me about this. He said, for example, um, payday doesn't always come with God every Friday night, but it always comes. In other words, what he's saying is that in his life, he learned to put the will of God first, whether, whether the money is there right now or not. In other words, whether that looks like the right money decision or not. But he said, because if I know that if I do what God told me to do, it, God will always eventually pay up. Because he's obligated to a person who obeys him and puts him first. Amen. You know, people hear those statements and they think, well, that's just unbelief, you know. God wants to take care of me richly. Yeah, he does. But there's, there's, there's a purpose for your life and he wants you to do that. And he'll take care of you doing that. Amen. Another statement he made, for example, he said, uh, well, when he was first starting out, you know, they, they didn't have anything uh, as far as finances were concerned. They were rich in the, in the in knowledge of the things of God. But, you know, you got you to gotta start out in life. So they started out, they didn't hardly have anything, and, and uh, Aretha was uh, raised, I guess her family was a bit more wealthy than, of course, Brother Higgins' family was. His, his dad left home, you know, you know, might know the story. So, um, you know, she was used to having about anything her daddy bought, uh, that she wanted, her daddy bought for her. Well, they got married, and, she, and Brother Higgins said, now, I might not be right now where I'm able to take care of you like your daddy takes care of you. But he said, you just stick with, well, there was a case where she got down, there was a situation where, or a time where she got down just having one dress, and it wasn't that good. You know, I'm talking about a dress to wear in public in church, you know, that kind of, that kind of nice dress. And, and so he said it wasn't that good. And, it's, and he, he, they went to a particular meeting to preach, and the pastor, I believe it was, invited them in, and the pastor's wife was all excited because she had just gotten a new fur coat, you know. And uh, she was showing Miss Aretha this new fur coat. And Miss Aretha, of course, is rejoicing with her. But they got back in, Brother Hagin and Aretha got back in the bedroom afterwards, and she started crying. 
sat down in the chair and started crying. Brother Hagin said, well, what's wrong, honey? What's wrong? He, she said, well, she said, you know, she's got a fur coat, and uh, I, I don't even have a, fur, like a coat. And, and, and then number two, I only have one dress that's even worth wearing out in public. You know, she's just feeling bad. And, you know, she was happy for the other lady. But, you know, you get to looking at what somebody else might have and maybe you start comparing. You know, we're all subject to that if we're not careful. How many of you know you got to watch for that kind of thing? And so, um, and Brother Hagin said, honey, he said, I'm just learning. I'm, I'm still learning how to follow the Spirit of God. But he said, if you'll just stick with me. He said, I'll learn how to walk with God in the area of finances, and the day will come. If you'll just stick with me and stick with God, he said, the day will come where you'll have a fur coat for every day of the week. And at the telling of the story, she had given away more fur coats. She had more than she needed fur coats for every night of the week. She'd given away fur coats. She got so many fur coats. Amen. Amen. But she wasn't putting that first. Brother Hagin said, we're going to put what God told us to do first. Did you hear? See, people hear the prosperity message and they just think everybody's after money. You cannot really prosper going after the money. You have to go after God and his plan and he'll add all these things to you. Amen. And so that's what I'm talking about. There has to be certain priorities. And certain things, you might have to not necessarily dive into it now because it would require all your faith to have that financially and you wouldn't have any faith left to uh, do what God told you to do. Financially, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have the faith for any more finances to do what, over here what God told you to do. You understand what I'm talking about? So we have to recognize there's more to this than just having a, a big wallet and all of that. Or a fancy car. Someone the other day, they were saying something about, uh, uh, they were saying something about how that they, where they are financially and everything, got everything paid off. And, then, and now God's dealing with them about some other things God wants them to do. And they said, you know, we have our car paid off. I don't remember all the details. I think the car was paid off. But they said something about, uh, you know, uh, it's not the fanciest one. But, but uh, I said, hey, praise God is paid for. Amen. And I said, praise God, you know what God's told you to do? And you'll get there. Come on, so I said, don't let you, you don't let that bother you for nothing. Y'all there? Because I know what they're doing. I know they're obeying God. They're going to come a day. They can buy anybody in the house. Listen to me. They're going to come a day. They're, here, they're listening to me right now. I'm telling them right now. They're going to come a day if they wanted to. They could buy anybody, any kind of car in here they wanted. But they have to put God first. And they know that. Because I know what's on their lives. There's some things on their lives about finances. I know that. But see, they're not just going, oh, here's some money over here. Let's go after that. No, they're obeying God, doing what God told them to do. Amen. Yeah, people hear one statement. They, they come to church like this or they come, maybe they came to the one service where I said, there's not enough luxury cars in the parking lot. They, they hear that one statement and they, they, they take us all wrong. See, if you just need to sit here longer than that. Don't get so quickly judgmental about what we're all about. Boy, I'm preaching good, Leanne. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Amen. If people would sit long enough, they'd hear the whole counsel of what we're saying. But see, I'll tell you what. It pays to put God first. Seek first the kingdom of God. He'll add all these other things to you. Well, Glory. Now let's come over here, 2 Timothy 2, let's look at verse 20 and 21. 
We see this uh, regarding um, uh, Paul writing to a young minister, and he taught him this. And this is so true about ministers. We shared this in the mentoring class, but um, there's practicality for all of us here. Verse 20 of 2 Timothy 2, it says, In a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, some to honor and some to dishonor. Other translations will say things like, uh, some are for more noble use than others. Now, somebody said, well, that's just right. I'm just an old clay pot, you know. Well, just keep on reading here. You know, you're not, this is not, you know, whether you're an old clay pot or you're a golden vessel is not determined by divine, you know, destiny. Because he says in the next verse, if, now notice how he says it, if therefore, verse 21. If a man therefore purge himself from these. Now, these are, is all these wrong doctrines and, and fleshy things. You can look at, there's about seven different things he mentions here. All around there. And one of them is over there in verse number four. The affairs of this life. Or being entangled with the affairs of this life. Um, it includes wrong doctrines up in verse number 16. It includes sin in verse 19 and in verse 23. It includes uh, the vessels of dishonor in verse 20. <laughs> Youthful lust in verse 22. There's a whole lot of things there. But if any man purge himself from these things, he'll be a vessel. He'll be a vessel unto honor, sanctified in meat for the master's use. So notice, verse 20 is not something that God determines by divine destiny before you're born and you're just doomed to be an old clay pot. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> He's talking about how we respond to him and, and whether we lay aside some of these things that uh, can really keep us from being more usable. Whether we do that determines how usable we are. That means it determines whether we're a vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor. You there? You're going home. So he's saying if we, if we do this, if we purge ourselves from these... Uh, uh, vessels, uh, I mean, uh, from these things of the flesh and so forth, our own plans, the affairs of this life. You know, take for example, remember over in Mark 4, it talks about the parable of the sower. One of the kinds of ground was the kind of ground, it was the thorny ground, the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, enter in and choke the word. You know, so that's something that he said, one of them is the cares of this life. The, uh, and, and this is accurate in the Greek. I've done a lot of studying on this because I want to understand this. The word cares means distractions. And life there doesn't necessarily just mean uh, life, uh, although it could be applied in one sense, but it means living. The cares of making a living literally is what it means. And I could go through like seven different scriptures and show you how that word is used. It's not the word zoe life. It's just, it's just the, the uh, natural things of this life, the living that you need down here. Amen. Remember that lady, that, that widow, I think she was a widow who gave all her living. She put in one mite and Jesus was standing watching. She put in all her living. What does that mean, living? That means everything she had financially. That's the same Greek word right there. And I could take you through like seven scriptures and show you that. So what he's talking about there is the cares of natural living. The cares of obtaining resources literally is the best way to translate it. Woo, now that'll shake you up. You read that verse in that light. There are a lot of folks distracted by obtaining the living, the resources that they need in this natural life. They're distracted from spiritual things. So they're going to be an old clay pot. Yeah, yeah, come on. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, sir. 
Easter. Oh, they'll come every, every they'll come on Easter and Christmas, or maybe maybe you know if, if it's sunny outside and they've already been out twice on the boat this weekend. Oh, yeah. Woo! You know what I'm talking about? They'll come to church eventually because they love God limitedly. But you know they they just they've been working hard and they just now got that bass boat and you know they just yeah. I've always had a dream of doing this you know and finally get to meet me have my dream yeah well let's see how it works for you Amen See we can tell a person's distracted from spiritual things if they don't show up to receive spiritual things Amen I'm preaching to you you're here so I'm not getting on to anybody Go tell it to the ones that didn't come No I'm just <laughs> Now, some of them have good reasons. I'm sure some of them might be on trips out of town or whatever. So we just, you know, we're not here to judge. You understand? Just, I'm, just, I'm just preaching general principles that we can all get a hold of and practice. So um, if, therefore, if we purge ourselves from these things, we'll be a vessel unto honor. Notice this, sanctified in meat for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. The Lord began to talk to me about that verse, and he began to talk to me about not only do I need to be sanctified, but that my faith needs to be sanctified. What does that mean? My faith needs to be available to him. In other words, if he has something he wants done in the earth, do I have any faith available for him to use if he wants to use me? Or have I used all mine up on what I want in life? So God's looking for somebody to do something for him, and, and I can't, he can't tap me because my faith, my faith is so stretched just to get the, the, the payment made on the car I've always wanted. You know what I'm talking about? There's none available for him. You know what I'm talking about? Woo! This is going to help us tonight. We need to have some, like you said here, meat for the master's use and ready or prepared for his work. Now that doesn't mean God won't let you use some on the things you want. You understand? It's just that we have to have first things first. Once those things are secured... Uh, and you have, to, you have to not let the devil use what I'm preaching tonight to condemn you because you could, you could take, the devil could take this and start condemning you and say, well, you shouldn't have this because you could use the money for something else. And so, well, see, they'll come harvest off of you obeying God and God will say, now this is not, this is not seed, this is feed right here. You have to learn to be led and not let the devil condemn you for ever having anything or buying anything nice. I like for our house, for example, some of you have seen it. It's a nice house. Uh, but, but see, I wasn't wanting to, I had, I had stretched my faith on pr- probably too far back in Tulsa. And I, just every month, it was a struggle just to get that thing paid. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Don't lie. We all probably have been there at one time or another. But see, I didn't want to do that again. So the Lord, I, we, we drove in that development. And the Lord put, had, we had peace in our heart about that's where our house is. But, but I was thinking in my head, no, I, you know, I just don't want to do that again. Because I knew what the prices were in there. I just, I'm not interested in that. That's not what life's about for me. You know, I've, I've, I've uh, got that t-shirt and I turned it into a grease rag. I'm tired of that. Been there, done that. You know what I'm talking about. I've learned my lesson. <laughs> I want to sanctify my faith. I, see, God called me here. I'm going to use it for the church. Well, we said we kept looking everywhere else and we could never find another one or get it to work out. We put an offering on one, it fell through. And, and, but we just kept being drawn back there, kept being drawn back. And I said, Lord, you know, well, I wasn't listening, but she started listening. No, not because of our finance. Somebody else outbid us, you know. Amen. <laughs> I guess that mattered to her that you know that. <laughs> well, it's good to have a good credit report, you know. 
But uh, somebody else offered them more, came out and bid higher. But anyway, so she started responding to what we kept getting in our heart. She went down there again and drove around there. And she said, there's a house down here I want you to come look at. Well, I kind of went along just kind of, you know, to keep the marriage sweet. <laughs> How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? Got to do it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, there's a meeting in the back for, for husbands after the service. We're going <laughs> to... Anyway, so, but, you know, I drove in there and I had that peace come into my spirit again. I'm like, Lord, what is this? And the Lord said, he said, remind me, he said, remember I told you, I don't call this, we had a rental property, he said, don't call this your house anymore. Well, he's trying to tell me, I have something for you. I have something for you. See, I wasn't even focused on that. I was focused on the church. I, I wasn't even thinking about moving out of that rental property. Is there anything wrong with a big house? No, it's just that I had been there, done that, and stretched my faith too far, actually because of my flesh, yeah, what yeah, I wanted. Come on. Come, on. Come on now, don't look at me in that tone of voice. And so I just didn't want to do that. But here's the Lord now moving us into something. This isn't me doing it in the flesh. In fact, I'm trying to go another direction. This is the Lord trying to get me harvest off of obedience. Really what it was is harvest off obedience in phase one. Amen. See, there's three ways to prosper. Number one, just because you are redeemed and Jesus redeemed you from the curse of the law and you have an inheritance. You can just claim your inheritance. Number one, it's just claiming your inheritance because you're redeemed. Number two, sowing seed and getting a harvest. Number three, you'll get a harvest off of fulfilling what God told you to do in His plan for your life. You want the fullness of what God has, you have to have all three of those things in place. Any Christian can, can, can enjoy good things just because they're redeemed. Yeah, yeah, without him being a tither, without him being a giver. That's right. Unless they know better, yeah. you understand. Yeah. But said, if you want it all, you have to do all these three different areas. You have, to, you have to take care of the tithing and the giving part. And then you have to, number three, you have to do the will of God for your life. And when you get done with one phase of that, and I'm not just talking about ministry. We're all really in the ministry. You get done with, how many of you know all our lives have phases to them? Like, for example, like an average phase might be for a couple, might be raising the children phase. And getting them out, you know, turning them loose on the world in, with faith in them. Faith in God rather than people that serve the devil and the purposes of the devil. Amen. Anyway, so there's different phases. Well, there's, a, there's harvest off obedience in all those phases. And the Lord is trying to get us into harvest off of, you know, obedience in phase one. Well, see, I was, isn't it amazing God has to talk us into get, to receiving from Him sometimes? <laughs> well, then I finally, you know, submitted. And because of that, I've told you, we, we made, the day we signed on the line, we made $50,000. Because the, 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 the builder came by later and said, you know, I didn't make a dime on that house. And he told me what he should have charged, you know, and all that. I said, praise the Lord. Yeah, he's a Christian. <laughs> well, glory to God. So it pays to be married to this lady right here. Not you, me. It pays for me to be married to her. <laughs> Amen. It pays for you to hook up with the right one God's hooked you up with. Oh, yeah, poke your spouse and say, that's a good time to say amen right there. <laughs> but anyway, see, there's obedience. Then, then the Lord, I remember I got it right here. I got this notebook here tonight, the one that's all, all flowery and stuff. I got it written right here. I don't know if I can find it right immediately, but um, the Lord spoke to me about obedience and harvest off of phase two. And what he's going to do for me, I said, thank you, thank you, thank you. Th I'll take that. 
<laughs> but that's not just for me. Amen. Hallelujah. That's not just for preachers. That's for all that obey God. See, number one, as you obey God, your faith grows. But also, there's just a faithful man. Remember, Proverbs says, a faithful man will abound with blessings. There's things God will do just because you've been faithful. You have an inheritance. Thank God for your inheritance. Just as a child of God, without being faithful or tithing or anything. But see, if you want everything God has for you, you're going to have to do all three of these areas. The Lord taught me that years ago. He said, all three of these areas. Keep, keep all these in, in, in check. Keep, all, keep watching them. Amen. Amen. So we're always, we're always checking up on that. Well, then, um, now, remember he said here, have some faith that is meat. I, or the Lord said to me, apply this verse to your faith, that's sanctified in meat for my use and for the good work I have for you to do. Sanctify your faith for that. And then I thought about something. Remember over there, you remember, I, I, we don't have to turn there, Jude 20, I believe it is. Ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourself in the love of God. Well, you need to think about that. Notice the terminology, your most holy faith. Most holy faith. Uh, does that mean that there are times that people, and we, we are people, <laughs> you take faith and use it for things that maybe wasn't exactly what God had planned for them? See, word, the word holy means set apart unto God. Set apart unto God. And so, is it possible that you or I have ever in our life used our faith and actually got something? Because God honors faith. And He honors His Word. That maybe was, was uh, either it wasn't the, the perfect will of God or it wasn't the timing for that. If we would have waited and put other things first, God would have brought that without such a struggle. You understand what I'm talking about? So it wasn't necessarily the most holy faith. Now, what is, here's the way the Lord described this to me. The most holy faith is faith that comes out of the, the leadings of the Spirit of God, even in line with the Word. Because there, the, you read the Old Testament and they had the temple, because we're the temple of God today. But the temple in the Old Testament had an outer court, an inner court, and then the Holy of Holies. And the Holy of Holies was the most holy place. Well, we're the temple of God. We've got the flesh, the outer court. Remember, the Bible says you are the, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. We've got the flesh, and then the mind, uh, the soul, and emotions, and then the, uh, the spirit of man. Well, that's the, we're, the, the body is to be holy. We're to present our bodies, living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. That's to be holy. But you see, the, the spirit man's already created in perfection and the perfect image of God. We don't have to do anything with him to make him holy. He's already holy. He was recreated. The flesh wasn't recreated and the mind wasn't recreated. We're supposed to do something with our mind. We're supposed to do something with our flesh to bring them into the holiness of God. To separate them unto God. But that's something we do, not something that happened at the new birth. So your most holy faith would be faith that comes directly out of your spirit by the leadings of the spirit. Of course, of course, anything in line with the word is holy, you understand. But you see, you can just take things, you can mentally approach the word and pick things out and say, well, I'm going to do that. You know, because the Bible said that David was very rich or Abraham was very rich in cattle and silver and gold. I'm just going to be very rich in cattle and silver and gold. And put that before what the leadings of the spirit are telling you to do to get into that. Am I making any sense? I, I asked God for utterance, and I believe we're going to get it here. 
Your most holy faith is faith that comes out of that fellowship with God in your spirit. It's not something you dreamed up that you want to do in your mind or that appeals to your emotions or that your flesh wants. And you know when your flesh wants something. Now. In fact, yesterday would have been better. If your flesh wants something, it wants it now. (laughs) But there are times God will say, just hang on, be faithful, and I'll get you into that. But, but don't override what I'm telling you in your spirit right now. Now, see, the devil could take what I'm preaching tonight and mess people up. So, you know, you've got you to gotta learn to not be, uh, uh, you know, not get condemned about having anything in the flesh. You just have to learn to serve God and let him bring it to pass as you put him first. And then when it comes to pass, somebody's going to look at you and say, well, that's just not right for you to have that. They'll condemn you and criticize you and call you money-minded. Why do you have to have that kind of car or whatever? But you see, they don't know all the years of obedience and all the years of being faithful. And whenever you could have gone and got a third job, you you didn't because God was telling you to do this, not that. Serve in the church or whatever. Take more time with your kids to raise them the way they're to go. And you were obedient. And then God promoted you and honored you and brought you into more. And then people criticize it. Well, you know, they don't know what, what, they don't know all what before that. So you just have to keep your mind off of what people are doing with their money. Maybe somebody does do the wrong things with money. But you see, that's not yours or mine to judge. Let that be between them and God. Amen. Well, now think about this now here. So I really, what we've got to do is recognize is that there, we need to keep the weights off of our faith and keep faith prioritized. Keep some faith available for his use. In other words, as the Lord said to me one time, travel light in faith. There are a number of things I would like to do here at Spirit of Faith Family Church. There's a number of things. But... I know that if we get into that, it's going to stretch all of our faith too much. And God hasn't told me you need to do this. You know, things to do in our building and so forth. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know. Yes, sir. Um, and uh, so, if we got into that, then it would take, we'd have to use our faith for the finances for it. And then it would take faith away from other things what God did say to do. Yeah. Right. Amen. Amen. Yes, so, you know, I, I'm accountable before God to make sure that we're securing the plan of God. Yeah. And not just doing things because we would like to do this. You know? Um, and so, I guess, since I'm going to be the one accountable, then I'm going to be the one make the decision. You know what I'm talking about? People have opinions about what should be done. But, well, we should start this ministry or that ministry. Well, great. Like, like for example, one time somebody said, well, we should buy this equipment or buy that equipment. And Pastor Debbie said to him, because they were talking to her in a group, uh, okay, uh, but well, we're not using our faith for that right now. We got our faith on some other things. And, and they said, well, I'll use my faith for it. We said, okay, go for it. Well, that's been a long time ago and we haven't seen the equipment yet. In fact, they ain't even here anymore. I got the faith for it. Well, you don't even got faith to get to church. You see, people, they have these strange ideas that faith is a limitless thing. No, I mean, we've got our faith stretched on what we're called to do right now. Amen. And, uh, yeah, there's some other equipment that would help. There's, there's a whole sound system redo that I want to do here. Actually, that's getting to be a real need. 
Somebody wants to put 13,000 in, we'll finish it up. That's about what it needs. We need the sound panel. It's just, it's crazy sometimes the things that happen, what we've got to put up with. But, um, so, but, you know, I'm not necessarily, <laughs> I got other things I've got to focus on. I want to totally redo the sign, put a nice rock sign out there. It cost about 10000 But I had other things that I knew were supposed to be done. So we just, just spent $1,000 and put a new panel in it. Still don't look very nice to me, but you know what I'm talking about. Well, I got faith for it. Well, then why haven't we seen the money in the... Why didn't we see a pledge that said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay for that sign? Yeah. See, I'm not necessarily using my faith for everything I'd like to here. I'm securing the plan of God first. See, we can secure the plan of God without having a stone sign out there. Now, we'll be faithful and we'll have a beautiful building with, with the, uh, what do you call those uh, neon, those things that, scrolling signs, what do you call those? We'll have all of that. Yeah, we'll have all of that. But not because that's our goal. Our goal is to reach more people and get the word in Cedar Rapids. Amen. Hallelujah. So keep some faith. Travel light so that you always have the faith God needs to use for what he tells you to do. Amen. Don't gobble up your faith on things or, 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 or that just aren't necessarily helping you fulfill the plan of God unless you know you've already fulfilled the plan of God and here's some things we can do on additional, in additional to that. Amen. See, everybody has to walk these things out between them and God. Some things will have a negative effect on your faith. Some things are unnecessary in life. <laughs> you know, people that don't understand the, 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 the people of faith that have gone before us won't understand some of their statements. Like one minister told, tells a story about him having Dr. Uh, uh, Summerall in his church. And Dr. Summerall was, of course, they're traveling to the church meeting every night. And, and they would drive by this mall every, every time to get to the church service. And, and Dr. Summerall would say almost every time they dro drove by, there's a building full of things I don't need. <laughs> you know, well, what was his point? I'm on a mission. I've got my faith used for television stations and, and that man preached the gospel around the world Amen. and still is, even though he's in, the, in heaven. You know, he's still preaching around the world with what do they call those shortwave radio stations and TV stations and all kinds of outreaches and everything. Well, see, he's, he's using his faith for something that's going to last forever first. First. But he traveled in style, he traveled in a plane, he had everything he needed. But see, he's just saying there's a lot of things I don't need. I'm not going to gobble up my faith for that. Right. You understand what I'm talking about? Now, I hear a lot of people saying a lot of things. I'm going to use my faith for this. I'm going to use my faith for that. And I've been telling them lately, I ain't. I got mine on the stuff that I really need to secure for God. Amen. If you want to believe for that to practice, go for it. Yeah. But I got plenty of things to practice on that will get the job done for God. Amen. Are you there? You're going home. So some things are just unnecessary. They weigh on your faith. You know? Uh, and so uh, they keep you from finishing the race. I don't want to, I'd rather finish my race. Amen. I'm going to get the rewards from being obedient down here. There's promise of the life that now is and the life that is to come. Amen. But you see, I'm going to make sure that I'm obedient first Amen. and let, let God bring all that to pass as I walk by faith. Amen? Amen. Now think about this. You don't have a measure, measureless uh, faith, like I said. Um, and also... If you're carnal with your faith, you'll employ it all on natural things and use it all up just to stay above water financially. Because 
People, they, they go so far into debt, buying the nicest of everything that they can't pay for, so they put it on credit cards and everything. And so it takes all their faith just to stay above water financially. If God ever, in fact, he won't even speak to them because it'll, it'll, it'll just stretch them. They'll, they'll get overwhelmed with it. If God ever wanted to speak to them about giving $1,000 to help them in the ministry somewhere, they would, they would choke. Can't do it. Because they're just, they're using all their faith for themselves. You understand? It's called being carnal. It's not their most holy faith. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. So, they, they, really God won't even talk to them because it will overwhelm them. How can you tell if you're beyond your limit? You're worrying all the time about that area. You're worrying all the time. Now, I don't mean that when you step out. God, see, God will stretch your faith. But he'll stretch it within the measure. He'll not lead you to stretch it beyond your measure where you're worrying and you can't sleep at night. And you're taking pills to, stay, to stay, get to sleep, you know, and all of that. That's not faith. Walking by faith, yes, you have to cast down thoughts and imaginations and so forth and so on. You see, you have to rightly balance this. Um, every time, you know, every time I pray about, Lord, there's, I just need some increase in the finances, he gives me more responsibility. Some of that went right past you. <laughs> in other words, the way in to increase many times is being willing to take on more responsibility for Him in faith. Amen. This is why some people don't prosper. is because they're not willing to add any responsibility on their faith. For Him, for God. If it's not for them, and they don't get anything, what they think, because a lot of people think, I'm not getting anything out of this, I'm not doing this. Yeah, and actually, if they realize they are getting something out of it. But uh, they think, if I'm not getting out anyth anything out of it, I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm not going to spend every, every Wednesday afternoon down at the church praying for the service. Or whatever. I got, I got, I got, I got things, bills to pay. Bill, pay. God, I got bills to pay. Yeah, it's because you're flesh. That's why you can't obey God. Your flesh got all those bills to pay. Your flesh wanted it, and the devil dangled the carrot, and your flesh went for it. Hello? <clears throat> Praise the Lord. This is good preaching. You might not like it now, but you practice it. You'll love it. You'll love me for it. You can use your faith for your own desires and your own plans, and then be unable to obey God and His plans. So you're stressed, and you're stretched beyond really where you should be because there's none available for God. I'm learning to just always keep some here ready for God at any time. Amen. 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 Just keep some faith ready for God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, um, you, a lot of people's quality of living would actually go up if they would sell some things. Because it's taken all their faith and be, they're actually beyond their faith. And just to, just to satisfy the desires of their flesh. And, and their own plans. Like, for example, God started talking to Pastor Debbie and I. Uh, this was about, what, a year and a half ago or something like that. I, I think I told the church about it. And it, it had a twofold application. It's pretty obvious. But um, I kept getting, when I was praying in tongues, I kept getting land, land, land. There's something about land. What is it, Lord? Something about land. And I started praying more in the Holy Ghost. What is it? Trying to, trying to get the mind of God or, or getting the mind of God. Not trying. I got the mind now. <laughs> but I had to pray it out. What is that about land, land? And eventually, of course, now the land that we're securing. Praise God. 
Um, and that's, that's on the church side. But I just knew inside that's not it. I mean, that, I shouldn't say that's not it. That's not all of it. All of it. There's something else there. There's something else there. And I kept getting, I kept getting something for us personally. What is it? What is it? And I'm praying it out. And as I prayed, I knew there was something for us personally to, to uh, be able to be out, to live more out in the country. Because Pastor Debbie and I love that. See, this is part of Harvest Off phase two. Somebody said, well, what about me? Well, then do something about you. I don't know about you. I can't talk about you. So I said uh, to my wife, we, and, and this, I got another notebook that just has, uh, what do you call it, uh, vision written in it. Remember, Brother Scott Webb came here. Yes. So we started writing the vision. What, what is it that we desire in our hearts? Amen. So we write it down. All that we want, how many acres we want, what we're going to be able to do with it. Hey, I could hunt some deer on it. <laughs> hey. You know, started writing all this down. Got it all written out. We got it. The vision is made plain. We know all different things we could do with it and want to do with it. Even, you know, people laughed at us, different things we've mentioned. <laughs> but hey, stay broke if you want. I'll, I'll just, here's some honey, sell that, cha-ching. Here's a cow, want to buy that, cha-ching, thank you. Hello? <laughs> Hallelujah. And so we got all that written down, all, all the stuff about it. Well. You know, we, we start, we've been looking around. In fact, we did it on Monday, looking around. We saw some property, went out to look for it. It's just kind of a nice relaxing thing for her and I to do together, you know, get out and walk around on property and stuff. I mean, we asked permission. <laughs> you know. Get the realtor out there. Or the one guy on Monday, he said, well, you know, you can just walk on. I'm not there, but you can walk on. I said, thank you, thank you. Whoa, I had fun. I had fun. And there's some things about, there's some things for the church about it. In other words, for a youth camp. For, for retreats, for ministers, and, and uh, just things that as we prayed, these things started coming up. Land, land. So we've been looking at it. But see, I keep, getting, I keep getting not yet. I mean, we, we, see, we saw some on Monday. Oh, man. 50 acres of woods. I mean, it's got a ridge. You could put cabins down over here where they can't see our house. Stay away from us. Here's a building spot for our house. Woo! The neighbors can't even spit and see you. Oh, sooky, sooky. <clears throat> but uh, see, I got all excited about it on Monday. I'm walking on it. And uh, Pastor Debbie said, well, I don't have the right shoes and it's too hot. I don't want to walk all the way. So I said, okay, I'll be back. Just, just wait here in the truck. I'll be back. She waited and waited and waited because I'm walking all the way down that road. I want to see everything that's back there, you know. Well, see, I'm getting all, and you know me, I, you know me about real estate. I get all stirred up about it if I'm not careful. I'll have the thing bought tomorrow if I'm not careful. So I have to take time, let, let God speak to me and hear if it's right or not. Amen. From the new property, it's, it's closer than uh, our drive now, you know. Might as well, anyway, I'm talking about us just to make an illustration. But what, what God keeps saying is, uh, no, not yet. See, it's not the right timing. I don't know if there's some other things we need to use our faith for first or what. But see, it's just not all about what I want. Amen. I'd love it to be that peace. If I can, if I can talk 
him into it and God in, the, the seller into it and the God into it. Hey, cha-ching. But, you know, we just have to do it in the right. It's not all about that. It's about securing the plan of God. Amen? That's first. Everybody say, that's first. So, we, we learn to travel light. Don't put too much on our faith. If that would be too much on our faith, we'll wait and let God bring it to pass in a way that we don't stretch beyond where we should be. And we, we don't stretch to the point we don't have any available to do what God told us to do. You remember whenever we were going to buy the church over at New Covenant? The Lord, I, I kept wanting to do it and, and, I, and, and the Lord finally got through to me. He said, you could do it on your faith, but the congregation's not with you. So then he said, since it's going to be all on your faith, you're going to have to use it all up just to have that building. And he said, then there's not going to be any faith available at the time. I didn't know what all was coming, but for phase three, you need some faith available for phase three. Amen. 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 And that got confirmed through Dr. Dufresne. He confirmed it by the Spirit in the back room. Praise God. So it helps us to know these things. This is a kind of a grow up lesson about faith. Amen. Amen. So Jesus is the perfecter of our faith. Isn't that right? That means he'll show us what it is that keeps us from maturing in faith in the right way. And sometimes it's just putting wrong things first. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Everybody say, my most holy faith, my most holy faith is, my faith is my faith that does what God's talking to my heart about. First. first. Now, it could be you have to lay aside weights of people that you're carrying in faith that at one time God was allowing you to, but for the time they should have been using their own faith. Now they're not. And God might say, cut them loose. They're using up your faith, which I need for you to do what, God, what I've told you to do. You know, you can carry people for a while. And that's the way it is for all of us. God wants us to, uh, uh, you know, help one another and so forth. But there comes a time that they ought to be walking on their own. And they don't want to. They want to just walk, you know, on your faith and, you know, be a mooch. <laughs> mooch off of your faith. Comes a time God will say, now you're going to put you down. You're going to walk by yourself. Isn't that right? Children are that way. Ought to come a time after a while. You know, they're 45 years old, still living in your house. They ought to be working a job. And they ought to be. <laughs> Actually, 23. <laughs> well, I won't look at anybody that just pointed. Hallelujah. So, praise the Lord. You getting anything out of this? Let me just finish up some things here that the Lord had me, wants me to say. Um, there are things sometimes people have to lay aside and, and just to increase the quality of their living. You can get so stretched in faith that there's a constant strife in your marriage. Well, you need some faith for your marriage. So, it might, you, you, your standard of living might go up by... Actually selling some stuff. So you don't have all that, you know, you're going beyond your measure. It's ruining your marriage. Can you understand that? So your quality of life. Buy some peace. The way you buy some peace sometimes, sell some stuff. That's the way you buy some peace. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. This is good preaching, Pastor. Go ahead, pop the clutch. So number one, what are we talking about? Number one, putting spiritual things first. Number one, putting spiritual things first. In other words, over natural desires that you have. But then number two, we're talking about putting the right spiritual things first. What does that mean? 
Well, remember the Bible said, seek ye first. This is the way the Lord said it to me. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. We see that as just the kingdom at large and everything. But think about it. You can't do everything in the kingdom that needs to be done. Or give to every faith project in the kingdom of God. You're going to have to decide where your assignment is. And that's where your anointing is. And that's what you're going to give an account for before God. You're not going to give an account for preaching to every continent on the planet. You're going to give an account for what God told you to do. Just like I'm going to give an account for what he told me to do. So in the kingdom, I have to, through my prayer life, and you through your prayer life, determine what it is that that means for me, not just the kingdom of God at large. I meet somebody, they, they just run all over and they're flopping around like a fish or a a chicken with the head cut off. Don't, don't really ever really accomplish anything because they're helping a little over here, helping a little over there. There ought to be some place where God said, now stick here. Really focus on sticking here. Wherever that is. And here, here is the local church. So once you uh, put spiritual things first, then make sure you're putting the right spiritual things first. Like, for example, for me right now. I've come into another phase of ministry. Some things God's increasing me in and so forth. I cannot... Uh, uh, I have to have faith for that. And I can't use up all my faith right now for the church. In fact, I'll just tell you now that it, and I'll explain some of this. I'll tell you what the Lord said to me about it. He said to me at one point, and I didn't understand what it meant until now. But he said, the church is using up too much of your faith. What does that mean? I, I had to ask the Lord. It took me a year to really pray that out and understand really what he meant. What do you mean? You mean I'm not, I'm not uh, <clears throat> feeding my faith correctly to, to pastor the church? or what? I, I just didn't know what he was talking about. But um, as I prayed it out, it all came clear. He's trying to say to me, keep some faith available for the next phase. Get some of these faith projects on some other people in the church. I have been feeding your faith. I have a right to use some of it. Well, some of us don't always make it that blunt, but that's the way it is. So there's some other things you need to pick up. Amen. Use your faith for. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of you need to use your faith to develop in your preaching gifts so I can turn some things to you when I leave. Come on. I ain't leaving for good. I'm coming back, so behave. Come on. Hello? Where I don't have to always wonder, boy, they're up tonight. I hope they do a good job. They're up tonight. I hope they don't run off half the church. Start a church down the street, you know. Come on now. You mean you... Yeah. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. So I have to use some faith for some other things as well right now. Amen. Now. Um, so Matthew 6.33 doesn't just mean the kingdom without just, you know, doesn't just mean like a vague, vague thing out here, the kingdom. It's actually what your priority in the kingdom, of it, kingdom is. That's where your anointing is. Isn't that right? Now, what God showed me about building that we were going to go buy that building, I was going to go. Uh, I wanted to, but the Lord stopped me, was he said, um, the church isn't there in faith with you. So notice what the Lord did. He showed me. Because how many of you know God, that's just not my faith project. Like my personal life, that's my deal. That's not other people's responsibility to use their faith for. But when it comes to the church, that's just not, God's not going to let the church ride on just my faith. Where I do all the believing, I do all the giving, I do all the ushering, I do all the praying, I do it all. You want to have a funeral next week? That's what it's going to do to me if I have to do it all. 
I'm not going to die. But you know what? If, if, I, if it was made where everybody put it on me, I quit right now. I know we're being a little blunt tonight, but the point is I just can't do it all, nor is God asking me to do it all. I'm not to do all the believing. I'm not to do all the praying. I'm not to do, you know. So uh, what we're saying is, is that uh, then we all have to come up and use our faith. And uh, there's, there's a time uh, that God will show us where the condition of the church's faith is at. That's what he did for us concerning that building. He said, the two people aren't with you in faith. Well, that's not a slam. That's a, know the, the Bible says, know the state of your flocks. No, so don't take that as a slam. Take that as, whoo, boy, good we didn't miss that one. We don't want to get in over our head in faith. Biting off more than we can chew. Hey, you know what I'm talking about? There's nothing worse than needing faith and reaching down into your spirit to get someone and come up with a fist of nothing. Like, oh my goodness, I don't have what I need here to, to get through this test or trial because we've been using it on everything else. Amen. A little bit, this is a little scatter barrel, but it's helping us. So identify weights on your faith and do it through the Spirit, not through the condemnation of the enemy. Because he'll try to tell you, well, see, you, you, you know, because you hear this tonight. Well, see, you knew you shouldn't have bought that house. See, if the Holy Ghost led you to it, don't let the devil tell you that's a weight. Besides that, there are things he'll have you do in the natural to practice exercising your faith so that later he can take that faith and use it for his kingdom. Why would he let you practice in your own life? Because if you mess up, then it's only you that's affected and not the body of Christ that's affected. Amen. Amen? You understand that? So you got you to gotta work these things out between you and God. Don't let the devil condemn you because I'm preaching this tonight. But by the Spirit, identify what is a weight and what it is that God told you to stretch out into. Amen. Jesus is the, big, the one who got you started in faith, and he's the perfecter of your faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, did you get anything out of this tonight? This is going to help us. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is helping us. Now, the Lord said this to me, and I'll just finish this up by saying this. I know of people, like for example, uh, I'm thinking of a person right now that uh, is disobeying God in the call to ministry. They don't, they're not taking steps towards it. And the whole reason has to do with finances. And I don't want to get into all of it because I'm not trying to talk about somebody. I'm trying to illustrate something here. Uh, they, they, they launched into a business in finances, which totally was beyond their faith for. And nothing, uh, well, nothing worked after that. All kinds of stuff fell apart. And then they started blaming this person for this and this person for that. When actually it was them they reached beyond their faith. But see, what happens is, is we get into things because of money. And then we start blaming everybody else for things that aren't working. Well, it's the, I'm going to the wrong church or whatever. You know, I sit, see, I pray these things out for people and God shows me what's going on. And you can't always tell them because they're not always ready to receive it. In fact, when they're sitting in every service staring you down, just daring you to say something to them about it. You know they're offended and can't, you can't say anything. So in order to keep them around possibly and long enough to be able to get a hold of what the Spirit is saying, you just don't say anything to, you know. But I'm telling them by the Spirit, if they're listening here, I don't know if they are or not, but... What you've missed so far is bad, but what you're going to miss next is real bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Come on. Amen. 
That's what the Holy Ghost, I prayed that out. What you're going to miss next is real bad. They sit there and almost dare me to say anything to them about it by the Spirit. I, every service I get in, it's dead. I dare you. I dare you. It's over if you say anything to me. I'm out of here. You know, that kind of deal. You, you pick that up in the Spirit. But then you see it's all everybody else's fault when nothing's working. No, they just stretch beyond their faith and they're using their faith for what they want before the plan of God for their lives. Y'all there? Hallelujah. Now, um, then the Lord said this to me. He said about some of these things. It's a strategy of the enemy to keep your faith busy in the wrong office or working for the Lord in things that he didn't really tell you to do. There are things that you need to sanctify sometimes. Just, well, I get, I, I'm just not supposed to be doing all this. I'm not just talking about this here. I'm talking about trying to help every ministry in town kind of thing. You just can't do that. You understand what I'm talking about? Amen. Now, then he also said this to me. <clears throat> Don't just use your faith for your own plans. Use your faith to secure my plan, and then the desires you have, I will bring them to pass. Bible said he'll bring all our, you know, he'll, he'll uh, bring the desires of our heart. How many of you know you have desires in your heart, things you'd like to get out of this life? Well, God, God wants you to be fulfilled in those things. He'll bring them to pass, but just has to be putting him first. Amen. Praise God. Then he said this to me. Let me find the right note here. This is the one I wanted to really get to here tonight. Aren't you glad we finally got there? He said, use your faith, or make, this is the way he said, make life in the Spirit a priority for your faith. Make life in the Spirit a priority from your, uh, uh, for your faith. In other words, make life in the Spirit, which is God's plan. That's God's plan. That's the plan for God, of God for us in the New Testament, that we live in the Spirit. Be filled, be being filled, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, stay, staying full, enjoying the presence of God, so forth. Make life in the Spirit a priority for your faith. This is my plan for all in the body of Christ, he said. Conduct, make conducting life in the, from, or conducting life from the Spirit your mode of operation, therefore the first priority in faith. Amen. Amen. Then he said this to me. I'm sharing things with you I don't share all the time. But he said, this is why some in the church just don't, quote, feel. He said, that's the way he said it, quote, feel close to you as their pastor. He said, because you're reaching for life in the spirit and they're conducting life out of their minds. And they don't feel close to you as their pastor. See, some of you just got answers right there. If I shared everything God said, we'd all... <laughs> We'd be here a long time. <laughs> I just don't feel close to him. Well, you're, you're going a different... I, we can't be close whenever you're going in the mind and I'm going in the spirit. We can't walk together. How can two walk together except they're agreed? I'm going to conduct life out of the spirit. He said, make life in the spirit a priority for your faith and conducting life from the spirit. He said, then listen to this. You, you need to get this CD and write this down because I won't have time to let you write it all down now. He said, then when you do that, you'll have my perspective on life in the physical and natural realm. And you won't be using your faith for things in the natural realm that aren't what I wanted or weren't necessary. You'll have, in other words, you'll have, if you live in the Spirit, you make that your priority, you'll see the way I see things in the natural. See, sometimes you think, I'd really, I really would love this out of life. But really, that's not what your heart really wants. It's just, 
There are things your heart desires, and there's things just your flesh. And then after the, the flesh gets it, it doesn't even like it anymore. I thought I'd like that, but I don't. You know what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. But plus, I've learned this, and we could talk, I've got to quit, but I've learned there are things that I enjoy doing that if I'll put him first, then he'll, he'll help me to actually enjoy the rest of what I enjoy. He'll, I, <laughs> you better believe it. If it was just all to me about my hobbies, doing what I enjoy, I get out there and I don't even enjoy it. But if, 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 I, if I've done what God told me to do and I put him first, then I get out there and he actually helps me enjoy it. I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost, he helps me to do it. To enjoy it. Amen. He's a good God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So he said, you'll have, if you make, make life in the spirit a priority of your faith, you'll have my perspective on life in the natural. And you won't be using your faith for things in the natural or the physical realm that aren't really what, you, what I wanted or aren't really necessary. Amen. He said, uh, they, then you'll see things the way I see them, and you'll see things. Uh, you'll see my priorities for your life, and what is really important for right now. See, this is what I do pretty much every year at the beginning of the year. I've never shared some of this. I say, Lord, what's on your heart for me this coming year? Amen. What What is important to you this coming year? Because I might have known what was important to you last year, but what about this year? What's important this year? What's important this year? Is the youth ministry important to develop this year? I'm talking about the church here now. God, I, talk, I ask God about my life too, you know. Yeah. What's important? What are you saying? You want anything I need to cut off? Any, everything is yours. Amen. Everything is yours. You want me to stop doing anything? I, it's yours. What's important to you? What do you see as priority here? Is there anything distracting me you want me to lay aside? And I do that for the church. Which departments is important this year to emphasize and develop and so forth and so on? But I see that from the realm of the Spirit. I don't see that in the natural realm. Does that make sense? I'm almost done. I know we've been here for a little while. He said, the way you, uh, you'll see things the way I see them, and you'll make the right things priority, the things that are really important. He said, now listen here. He's just, he's just teaching me, just talking to me. He said, this is the difference between David and Solomon. He said, David put spiritual things first and stayed on course until the end of his life. Solomon started out on course but got his priorities in the spirit off and ended up off course in the end of his life. You know that from reading yeah. Proverbs and then Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is a messed up book. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the Bible, isn't it? Yeah, he kept saying this is the, this is the wisdom of a man that's just naturally minded. Yeah. And it'll teach you about how that he got off naturally minded. See, he put... He put money and all these wives and all those natural things first. David was very rich, but he all, you always hear him talking about his hunger for God. God was always first with David. My, my hunger for God. And he stayed on course till the end of his life. See, we can start out right, but get, get, let these other desires get in, and we get off course. And we not finish. No, you can't have this notebook. This isn't... <laughs> He started out, uh, Solomon started out right, but he got off course. Amen. We see over and over uh, David expressing his hunger for God and for God's presence. Praise God. Amen. Then the Lord said this, and this is the last statement I want to make. He said, the Spirit will teach you about natural things. But, he'll, but he majors on spiritual things. He educates your spirit about spiritual things and about natural things from the spirit realm. In other words, he'll teach you about natural things, even the things you want to enjoy and you want to get into and whatever, you know, your hobbies or whatever. He'll teach you about those things, but he'll teach you from his perspective. 
Amen. He'll show you how far to go with it so it doesn't get you off course. You know what I'm talking about. And I can't tell you what that is. You have to work that out between you and God. This is a, yeah, it all comes back to praying and having a relationship with God. <laughs> but um, he, he teaches us about spiritual things, but he uh, teaches us about natural things from the spirit realm. He teaches us to succeed in the natural realm through the spirit realm, making use of the resources in the spirit realm to satisfy us and not the natural things. Amen. Well, you got a lot out of here out of this that you might uh, you might need to get the CD and, and let let God take you. To, see, we all need to personalize this. It'll mean one thing to one person and something else to somebody else. Um, it really, the only thing that will really ever make you completely satisfied is what's in your heart, what God has uh, put in your heart to do in life. The natural things will only satisfy if they stay in their right place and don't start to take over your life. These things that I enjoy, I have to really watch it. Sometimes I just, I just cut things off for a month and say, okay, no, I'm just not, I'm not going to, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to talk to anybody about it. I'm going to act like it's not any part of my life. I'm not going to watch TV shows about it. See, you're laughing because you know it's you too, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. But I want you to know God is a good God and He wants you to enjoy life down here. So you heard it that way. You didn't hear it in a condemnation way, right? If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life. 